Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And it's first and goal for Mizzou at the 7. Schrader, number 7, in for the touchdown. Watch him read Delgado's block right here. He'll read it, he'll feel it, and then he just runs right behind the tight end that time, Northfleet, and skips. We'll see if that comes back. It is 7.45, time for our chat with Tom Ackerman at the Newbold BMW Toyota Sports Desk. Cody Schrader just went off yesterday. What, total of more than 300 yards? Yeah, he's the first SEC player to have over 200 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving. It was just an amazing performance, and it's such a great story. Schrader, the Lutheran South product, he goes to Division II Truman State. He walks on at Missouri. The Tigers uh, hardly paid attention to him, and then here he is playing on the practice squad and then playing in practice and just kept elevating himself where they couldn't ignore him anymore, and they started him at running back. And I think it was in St. Louis, at least for me, that I got the first look at Cody Schrader in person at the Dome against Memphis. And we're all saying, wow, I mean, he is really something. I mean, he hits the whole hard. He's got a great running style. And then just every single game just kept producing, kept running with an edge like he had something to prove. And here he is, a 5'9 running back, if he's that. Uh, and he's running all over Tennessee yesterday, 205 on the ground, 116 through the air. He was phenomenal. The way that he would bounce back up, the way that he would run through tacklers. And the offensive line was terrific. I mean, they opened up the holes for Schrader, and they made it happen. And Missouri has won this game over Tennessee. They didn't just beat Tennessee. They blew them out 36-7, to a team that's been averaging 34 points a game, a team that's blown them out over the last couple of games and has beaten them four in a row. This was a message not only to Tennessee, but to the rest of the league that Missouri is going to be a player in the SEC, whether you like it or not. I think that they got sort of passed over as an afterthought after Gary Pinkle took him to SEC championship games two years in a row. Uh, Missouri has not been for a decade one of these giants in the league, and they are getting attention. I mean, they went to Georgia and gave them all they could handle. They did not execute well, but they did give LSU all kinds of trouble at Faroe Field as they were still growing, I thought, as a unit, and Missouri just wasn't there yet. They're there now. I mean, this is a legitimate Tennessee team that they just embarrassed at Faroe Field. Yeah, their only two losses are that blowout loss to, or not blowout, uh, shootout loss to LSU, and then on the road at the number one team in the country uh, last week of a very competitive game. So, what is the uh, what is the ceiling for this team this year? What what kind well, of bowl this year they can't win the SEC East because mm -hmm. they have two losses and Georgia is in control of that. Georgia smoked uh, Ole Miss, mm -hmm. came back uh, with that. Missouri woke them up. I mean, they beat Ole Miss fifty two seventeen yesterday in Athens. Uh, but Missouri can go ten and two. I mean, they have two more games left at home against Florida and at Arkansas. And if they win those games, uh, they are going to be 
potentially playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. I, I can't imagine how you would keep them out. I mean, at that point, they'd be one of the best teams in the SEC. Uh, so at this point, Missouri's got a lot to play for. I mean, they can't win the national championship necessarily, can't go to the SEC championship game, but so what? I mean, you're continuing to improve who you are. You got the two losses to LSU and Georgia. They weren't embarrassing, uh, and they've beaten – you know, the, the thing is, this was the big win that they needed. I mean, they beat K-State, and it was great. I mean, it required a 61-yard field goal by Harrison Mavis, but it was great, and it was a good coming-out party for Mizzou. They beat Memphis by a touchdown. They beat Vanderbilt, but pretty much everybody beats Vanderbilt. They beat Kentucky on the road, which was a very good win. Don't get me wrong. Kentucky had haunted them, but... Kentucky's beatable this year. They beat South Carolina, not a very good team. You know, the the losses to LSU and Georgia are not going to get you into the upper echelon of the SEC. Losses don't cut it, even if you lose. This was the win, though. You know, you win this game. This was a ranked, legitimate SEC program coming in that you just completely dismantled. So this is about respect. And Missouri could play on New Year's Day representing the SEC in a bowl game, that is a big deal. And doing it with St. Louis kids, Brady Cook, St. Louis product, Chaminade, Luther Burden, St. Louis product, Cardinal Ritter, East St. Louis, and now Cody Schrader, Lutheran South, played here in St. Louis, and here he is playing for the University of Missouri. It's an awesome story. Talking about statement wins, Michigan goes into Happy Valley when their coach, Jim Harbaugh, is suspended and takes care of the Nittany Lions in, you know, fine fashion. That was a pretty impressive win over uh, Yeah, it was very impressive. You know, it was very impressive for Michigan. And, you know, I felt like whoever was going to be on the other side of Michigan yesterday was going to be in some trouble. That that <laughs> team would be motivated and have, you talk about an axe to grind. I mean, their coach is banned from being there. I mean, he's not... He's not even allowed to be anywhere close. J.J. Uh, McCarthy, Blake Corum, they're terrific players. And Michigan looked really good. They beat Penn State 24-15. That's a tough place to win. Uh, the Both of these teams kept it on the ground. There was hardly a ball in the air. Uh, Harbaugh saw them run the ball 32 straight plays. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that uh, started with the final two of the first half. I wonder where he was sitting watching it. <laughs> And watching his team <laughs> he was do the job. Now this was yeah, this was an NCA investigation. It is uh, the the program is still being investigated for a sign stealing scheme, and they're trying to determine how much Harbaugh and the coaching staff and the players knew. In the meantime, Harbaugh is suspended. He can't be with the team, and they go on to beat Penn State 24-15. Now this, of course, is looming ahead. The Ohio State game for them got to win another game before you have that, but. Uh, the Ohio State game is obviously a big deal. Uh, Ryan Day, did he turn in Michigan and this uh, staff for what it did? They still have to go to Maryland and play a ball game, but that Ohio State game will be very interesting. With Harbaugh suspended for all three, now unless he is able to get so, some sort of injunction and get himself out of it, he is going to be once again sidelined, not sidelined, uh, actually banned from the sideline. Yeah, that game is going to be wild. Two 10 and 0 teams, and it's Michigan, Ohio State. You don't need much. Well, more. there's still another week until yeah, they are. Uh, that's true. But, but yeah, I mean, Ohio <laughs> State, for instance, has to play Minnesota at home, should handle it no problem. Michigan's got to go on the road, as I mentioned, to Maryland. Yeah. All right. Well, it's college basketball season, Tom, and I know you're excited about it. Uh, you have the game today, I believe, uh, the SLU women's team. 
I'll have the women's game against Missouri today. It's a 3 o'clock tip-off, and yesterday the men beat Illinois State 80-71 to to go to 3-0. and Still have a lot of things to work on, but you know they are a good team. I mean, they can shoot the ball. They've got some good ball handlers. I like their defense on the perimeter. They got out-rebounded yesterday because they didn't have the size necessarily. They did finally get Bruce Zhang eligible, and the 7-foot center from China – it looked fine. I mean, he got some nice cheers from the crowd, and uh, they were chanting Bruce and all that stuff. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> but they, but the Illinois State was bigger and was able to clean the glass a little bit better than the Billikens were, but they won the game. Uh, they got got a big lead early and then held them off 80-71. to 71. I think the women will be really good. I know they lost their opener to Drake, but this women's team was picked third in the A-10. I think once they come together in gel – uh, they should be a pretty special group. Two tough games coming up for them, though. they got to play Missouri today, and again, I'll have that call at three, and then they play Missouri State on Wednesday. Uh, another good program, and I'll have that one as well on KMOX on Wednesday. An impressive win for the Blues last night, scoring eight goals, and it wasn't. Uh, it was a really good team that they did it against, the Colorado Avalanche. As you were saying earlier, this has been a roller coaster so far, but I feel like if you look at the standings, most teams are like that this year in the NHL. Aside from the Boston Bruins, everyone's kind of doing that up and down thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, I, just concentrating on the Blues themselves, the disconcerting thing has been their power play. I mean, it, just watching them not be able to score on the power play is like, you know, what what is wrong with them? I mean, they do they not have enough talent? Is it the scheme? I mean what is the deal here with this team? And, you know, watching them uh, get through a game against the Coyotes 2-1 to one, uh, but not score on the power play was, again, disconcerting. But yesterday, so I went to the Mizzou game with my wife and daughter, and we came back to St. Louis, went out to dinner last night. TV's on. I'm like, oh, 3 nothing Blues in Colorado. Oh, 4 nothing Blues. Uh, that was midway through the second period, and they still hadn't had a power play goal. And then they rattled off two of them early in the third period, and they win this game 8-2. to two. They just overwhelmed the Avalanche. They have talent, there's no doubt. I mean, Braden Shen is not necessarily your prototypical goal scorer. He is a everything-type player, and I love that he breaks out and has a hat trick. Pavel Buchnevich, I think, is their best overall forward, and he had a hat trick as well. Jordan Bennington looked good, stopped 36 shots. The Blues have some holes defensively, but I do think they have the talent to score, and I think it's just a matter of time before the power play numbers correct themselves a little bit. But it's a good team. Uh, you know, it's not a great team. I, I kind of, it's one of those teams that I think we were just sort of hoping they could make the playoffs, and that may be the case when it comes April, that they're just sort of hanging on and hoping to make the playoffs. But I do think they have some room to grow, and yesterday was a lot of fun to watch. There are some stories out there that the Edmonton Oilers are interested in Jordan Bennington. Will you buy that? You think that would happen? I think everybody's interested in Jordan Bennington. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I'd, if I were the Edmonton Oilers, I'd be interested in them <laughs> as well, in him as well. No, I mean, I think the, the we'd have to be way far down the road for the Blues to to even consider something like that. I mean, the return for Jordan Bennington would be great, but we're in November. I mean, you can't wave the white flag here. Uh, and I don't know that I would be trading the face of the franchise anyway. I mean, you know, the Blues go as far as Bennington takes them in a lot of ways. Um, I know they have uh, a good backup in Hofer, but, you know, come on. 
yeah. Uh, just give us uh, Connor McDavid and we'll be fine. Um, yeah. So uh, quickly, what do you have on uh, sports on a Sunday morning? A uh, good show today. We've got uh, at ten fifteen Tom Hart from ESPN and the SEC Network will join us to talk college football and specifically Mizzou's place in the national picture. We'll have Travis Ford, the Billikens coach, at ten thirty. Rebecca Tillett, the Billikens women's coach, right there with him. And then we'll have Mark Schreiber, president of the St. Louis Sports Commission, on the Musial Awards at ten forty-five. John Mosellock's going to join us at eleven thirty today to talk Cardinals. I know a lot of people are interested in what's going to happen there. We'll recap the City SC season and take our NFL picks. A swing at those. It's all today from ten to twelve on KMOX. Sounds good. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.